Welcome everyone to the last week of football. Uh, I'm so nervous, Vivian. I'm so nervous, so nervous because Tom Brady at 43 probably has his biggest challenge yet to overcome. The mighty, young, upcoming baby goat, Patrick Mahomes, is coming over to Tampa Bay and I'm scared. I don't know how you're feeling, but um, I'm nervous. And I'm starting to have those dreams about Tom Brady getting hurt and stuff. Ah, I'm such a homer. It's just ridiculous. Um, anyways, had a tough week. I'm tired, but here we are, always delivering the goods for you, Firewood people. How are you doing tonight? Um, I am good. You know, between keeping up with everything that's happening around the NFL league outside of the big game and, you know, all the, all the crazy stock news that's mm. been going on with you know GameStop and uh the Wall Street guys the hedge fund guys and then there was oh. the uh the senior bowl on Sunday oh, which yeah. I know Milton again you don't watch college football but <laughs> did you Reese's sponsors the uh senior bowl which is all the all the senior players from the the college division going like the into the bowl right pro bowl of college yeah, they get put on teams. They're coached by um, actual NFL coaches. Uh, the Dolphins head coach was the coach for one of the teams. I forget who was coaching the other one. So that was kind of fun to watch, you know, again, like another opportunity to check out some prospects going into the NFL draft and obviously going into our fantasy football draft. But you know what I really liked about the Senior Bowl, Milton? Mm, I, was, I, I wish I would have watched it. No, I was working on Robin Hood trying to save oh. their butt because they messed up, like you just said. So I was, it was actually on my schedule to watch it, but then I got pulled over to help out and help them get a spread on the newspapers for Monday. So, yeah. So, you know, my rant about uh, kicking it on fourth down and also about field goals last oh, week. Yeah. So I was really impressed because during the senior bowl, um, after, you know, they they didn't kick field goals on fourth down and then not only that but after they scored they went for two point conversions back to back and got them both so college seniors <laughs> you know nfl playoffs i'm like somebody knows how to do it right just run the ball in you're like two yards from the goal line just yeah, go for bro. it it's not rocket science people <laughs> huge guys you can move the other just a couple inches and you'll get your first down oh yeah but so i should have watched it that's what you're saying yeah it was turned out to be a, a pretty good game i thought it was fun <sighs> i'm also just sad because football is ending and i'm gonna need to find a new way to fill my sundays mm, you can work on sundays <laughs> pass on that <laughs> Oh boy, so yeah, that was the senior ball. But now we're gonna talk, break down the super. I'm, whoops, I can't say super. Sorry. I'm gonna have to bleep this out. So anytime you hear a bleep, it's me saying super. The big, big game, let's call it like that. A la Trump. Anyways, so we have the Chiefs by now, you all know. They are favored by 3.5 points over the Buccaneers. We're playing in their home in Tampa Bay, nice and warm. Um, so no more cold weather stuff or and no domes. I hate domes. So this is a nice place to play. 
and they'll have some fans that the NFL has helped. You know, they've been giving out tickets to first-line workers for free, so that's pretty cool from the NFL. Yeah, But actually, um, I just saw this morning that the, the big game it has its first COVID <laughs> issues. So oh, the Chiefs have placed center Daniel Kilgore and wide receiver Demarcus Robinson on the COVID-19 reserve. Um, I Apparently, they got it from a barber that cut their hair recently. The same barber. They both went no. to the same barber. You know, got to get the fades looking nice and clean for the big game. And now they don't get to play. Just let it grow. Just let your beards grow, man. Your hair. You'll be fine. Well, how are they uh, going to get the Patrick price if they don't got the clean fade? <laughs> That's funny. I don't know. You can work yourself around it. I've been doing it all my life. Ah. Uh, So we're going to go over our predictions. So I'll go first, right? Go for it. Now that you say this COVID news about the Bucks, is their center their starting center? No, the Chiefs. But that's their starting center. Mm -hmm. Ooh, yes. I think Cent so. <laughs> Centers are underrated, but they're very important. You can tell that to Big Ben or back in the day to um, Peyton Manning when they've been flinging that ball over them in shot conformation. So, yeah, centers are very important. But my prediction, my prediction is that gotta go with my heart, gotta do it. I feel the Buccaneers are gonna win. I feel that Tom Brady and his squad of goons are going to take over the Chiefs somehow. Their defense, has been playing exceptionally well in these last few, um, in this crap, in this game uh, playoffs, they've been winning on the road. That makes you very resilient. They remind me of the New York Giants when they beat the Patriots, that were the mighty team back then, undefeated, and they went on the road, and all, everything against them, and then they brought the game to the Patriots and beat them by beating them up in the line and now that you say their center might be on COVID uh, might not play well, those and the Buccaneers are getting getting back another player from their um, defensive line so those front four will make life a little bit miserable for Patrick Mahomes and it's gonna be close I don't think it's gonna be a shootout like people might think It's reminding me of that Super Bowl again from the Giants-Patriots, uh, you know, those matches where the Giants were the mighty underdogs and they came out on top. So I think this is probably Tom Brady's revenge over that kind of games. And after this, he probably rides into the sunset and calls it a, a quit. And I want this because Tobin has some hard words. Tobin, our own Tobin from Firewood, and we might have him next week ranting about this, so I want to take him take him down <laughs> as well so what uh, the other thing i see quickly from the buccaneers they'll have antonio brown that will be a next factor they didn't have him last week or last two weeks and they'll be fast i think and the experience right the the, the mojo the six championships bring brings into the table uh i don't know i i'm, I'm feeling good for the buccaneers But it's going to be close. I'm calling it 23-20. That's my hot take. What about you, Vivian? What are you? Last time we talked, 
you surprised me by taking the Buccaneers as well. So I don't know if you've moved that around. No, you know, I agree with you, Milton. I think this game is going to be pretty close. Um, I'm still taking the Bucks. <laughs> yes. I I know you I, you enjoy all my fun stats, and I know you're a big Tom Brady guy, so I have some fun Tom Brady facts for you going yeah. to the going to the big game. <laughs> Bring them on. Uh, so Brady is entering his tenth appearance in the big game in 21 seasons. That's 47.6 percent of his seasons. Um, 52 percent if you only count the seasons that he's actually started in. You know, because he didn't start his first year, and then he had that injury um, at the beginning of the season, 2008, and didn't start the rest of the season. But against the Chiefs. Yeah, and then so basically. Brady has played in 18% of, I don't know how to say this without saying the words, I'm going to say, he's played in 18% of all goals like ever played. Um, so I think, you know, the experience there is definitely a big advantage for the Bucks. Um, he also has the most playoff wins. So, well, I like cannot talk. Okay. Um, so he has the more playoff wins since turning 35 than any other quarterback in his entire career. So that is the most playoff win ever with 17. Wow. Um, the second most playoff wins is also <laughs> held by Tom Brady with 16 before turning 35. <sighs> and then in third place, we have Joe Montana, who has 16 playoff wins in his career. Wow. Um, Brady also holds single game records um, for the big game. 62 pass attempts, 43 passes completed, uh, 505 passing yards in a single game. And in three of his appearances in the big game, he's had uh, 400 or more passing yards. Yeah, he's ready. He's prepared. And, you know, they have some great weapons um, on the Bucks side, both Chiefs and Bucks. Like, they have yeah. a bunch of weapons, right? Um, Chiefs obviously has um, Clyde Edwards Alaire. They have Tariq Hill. They have Kelsey. But the Bucks, you know, with Godwin, Evans, Gronk, um, even AB, like, it's pretty evenly matched, I feel like, from an offensive weapons point. Um, obviously, both quarterbacks are great. One is the greatest of all time. One may become one of the greatest of all time. I, I think, obviously, Mahomes is pretty early in his career. Um, Bucks defense is stellar. Um, Chiefs defense, I wouldn't put them up there with the Bucks. So I say this game is going to be one on defense. Mm -hmm. oh, wow, look at those stats. They say Tom Brady. If you divide his career in half, you have two Hall of Fame careers, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so we have the Bucks. Bucks. Sorry, uh, Chiefs fans. Last year I wore your shirt. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, Janelle. I'm sorry, Ron. I just, I just can't go against Tom Brady this time. Um, so those are our breakdowns. We're going fast, but then. You mentioned that news have been happening super fast, uh, developing. I can't even keep track again between work and this and the bachelor and whatever. I, my brain is about to explode again. I have a headache. I 
let's get started with some news here. Yes, breaking news Saturday night, which also is a really odd time to be breaking this news. Um, <laughs> they they were talking about trying to get a deal done, you know, before the big game. So I, I think we were all expecting like the news to break sometime this week, but it broke Saturday night. Uh, the Rams and the Detroit Lions have officially engaged in a trade. So the Rams are sending two first round picks and a third round pick and Jared Goff for <laughs> Matt Stafford. Crazy. Uh, crazy. This is like this is like some NBA level type of shit where they're just like, yeah, you can have it all. We just we want that guy. Um Crazy, crazy. So, you know, we talked, we've talked a bit about Stafford, I think, um, mm -hmm. the last few weeks on this podcast. I'm a big Stafford guy. You know, that I think most people who don't have a reason to watch Lions games, like who does? Nobody watches Lions. <laughs> um, so if you're really just watching Red Zone on, on Sundays, you probably don't have visibility to the type of player that Stafford actually is. But you know, as we said, like that guy is a machine. He's a tank. You know, he plays through these crazy injuries um, and he's got an arm. That dude can throw. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this was a great trade for both sides, in my opinion. I don't know what your thoughts are there. Who do you think won this trade? Well, I think nailing a quarterback. I think the Rams, because they, this guy will take them to the Super Bowl next year, basically. I'm already saying that here. <laughs> Well, that's so, what Sean McVay is saying. He's like, we're I mean, here to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. So uh, if you win the Super Bowl, you already won that trade. And, and the Lions are not going to the Super Bowl anytime soon. So, yeah, that's just how I measure things. Yeah, I think good trade for both sides. Um, obviously, the Lions, like, they're getting first-round pick. All the those Lions, picks. Sorry. The Lions will just become more boring with Jared Goff, don't you think? I mean, no one will watch them ever again in their lives. Well, I think, you know, whereas the Rams are in kind of a win-now mode um, because they have a defense that's been playing lights out, mm -hmm. you know, they have weapons in the receiving core, um, and now they have Stafford. Like, the Rams, they know they're in it for the long haul, right? Because they, they just hired a new head coach, um, and then they acquired all these picks from the Rams. Like, they're in rebuild mode, and I think Goff is just – kind of the stopgap for them until they get to that next level. And I don't know, maybe maybe Goff really clicks with the Lions offense and, you know, really clicks in their system um, more so than he did under McVay's system. And they extend his contract and he becomes the franchise guy. But I think it works out for the for both sides right now because, you know, they kind of both got what they wanted out of the trade. You know, the Lions will mess it up in their picks and yeah. probably yeah you know what's funny is like the the rams really seem to hate first round picks they have like no first round picks i forget what year um they don't have picks until like 2025 or something 2026 like they just keep giving away uh their first round picks and i think it's kind of interesting because um people are saying like oh that's dumb um, why would they do that? Why would they give away so many picks? But I also see from the Rams point of view where it's like, you know, first round picks, they can be overrated and overhyped. Like 
how many teams actually hit on those picks. So for the Rams, it's all about, you know, eliminating that risk of taking a first round pick and having a bust and then trying to go and find a replacement guy. It's more about finding the established players. Um, so I thought that was a pretty, pretty smart move. What I thought was interesting though, you know, we, we talk about how we think that the casual viewers, again, like probably undervalue Stafford, but the NFL definitely did not. So actually one third out of all NFL teams inquired about Stafford when they announced that they were opening him up for trade, you know, teams like the Broncos, Bears, Panthers, the, the whole team. Wanted him yeah, Niners, Pats. Um, I think kind of who was in the last rounds of discussions, the Rams and then the Washington football team offered their first round pick, which is 19th overall in a third rounder. Uh, Panthers offered their first round pick, which is eighth overall and a later pick. And then the Colts offered um, a selection, a package of like picks and players. They didn't want to give up their first round pick, which is 21st overall, but a lot of buzz around Stafford, which is great to see. I would love to see him. I don't know about winning the Super Bowl this year. I mean, in this upcoming year, but definitely make a playoff run because that guy is so underrated just because he's, been in the Lions system for so long but I know you're iffy about Jared Goff um but multiple teams actually made calls to the Rams about Jared Goff too um obviously the Lions wanted him but uh <laughs> there were yeah there were a couple teams that inquired about Goff I think you know I forget that he's so young like he's only 26 mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, for some reason, I think he's, I always think he's been around longer. So there's still plenty of time for him to like grow and develop his career. Um, so we'll have to see. He, he has had a Super Bowl appearance, um, against Tom Brady. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, yeah, who knows? I don't think he'll take the Lions to the Super Bowl anytime soon, but, um, I would say don't completely raw golf maybe maybe he really you know clicks with the whole, the new line system you know he's ready to bite off some kneecaps i don't know <laughs> he's <laughs> um, around so i don't think so yeah and he was you know in the interviews when they asked him how he felt about being traded and i guess um he didn't know that they're they the rams were planning on trading him but he said he was happy that um he's going somewhere that wants me and appreciates me so good for him but my favorite story out of this trade actually i just found out um last last night what is it so as this trade deal is going down like it's all being finalized um sean mcveigh and his wife or his fiance were vacationing in Cabo. And you know who also happened to be vacationing in Cabo? Mm -hmm. Was Matthew Stafford and his wife. Coincidence? I don't know. But it was reported, um, I don't remember if it was last night or early this morning, that um, the two couples, the McVeighs and the Staffords, did get together when the trade finally went through and you know had a little celebratory dinner. Um, for the new beginnings. So that was kind of interesting. Wow. They just rub it on poor old Jared Goff. 
Right. Yeah, it's really hard to imagine Jared Goff on the Lions, honestly. Like, he just seems like such a California boy to me, you know? He's yeah. like a, a Ryan Gosling lookalike, like, very, like, surfing California to me. So it'll be interesting to see him in Detroit, of all places. Oh, poor guy, yeah. He's going to be freezing his butt off, that's for sure. And when Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. The Lions also made another move that kind of got it went under the radar because everybody was talking about the Stafford and Goff trade, but I I haven't reached out to Ben. I'm sure he's heartbroken or maybe he's mm. not, maybe he's happy, but Lions also hired Deuce Daly mm-hmm. as their um, assistant head coach and RB coach, which was um, his current, his most recent position um, on the Eagles. But obviously he's been with the Eagles for 10 years He's made a bid to become the head coach multiple times. The fans really rally around Staley. They love him. They wanted him to become the head coach. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that didn't happen. Yeah, they ended up with Sirianni, who had that nightmare of a first um, press conference where he couldn't even <laughs> string together full sentences that made sense. Um, but yeah, so the Lions are making moves um, in terms of their rebuild. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Now you got me thinking about the Lions. Yeah, because that's a great hire. And maybe they'll be grooming him for to be the head coach eventually, you know, once this guy, Campbell, I don't know, maybe doesn't deliver with his binding kneecap stuff and lingo. <laughs> In the meantime, uh, yeah, the Eagles, they have a guy that hopefully he can string out a whole game plan. I don't know, because he had a hard time just nailing a whole sentence by himself. So, <laughs> so Staley, obviously, great hire. Uh, in true Texans fashion, made a terrible hire. Uh, the Texans named David Coley as their new head coach, yeah, which that guy? It, he was the wide receivers coach for the Ravens. Basically the worst coach the Raven has ever had. <laughs> That's true now that you mentioned it. Yeah. yeah, you think about the Baltimore Ravens. They're known for the run game. They're, yeah. you know, their passing game is terrible, which we've talked about before. Like, yeah, Baltimore, Brown, you run yeah, the ball. Sure. Yeah, Baltimore runs the ball, they win games. They don't run the ball, they try to pass, they don't win games. Um, so the Texans, um, even though they're not no longer under Bill O'Brien, they named David Coley as a head coach and just said, yeah, this guy looks like a good fit. Maybe our passing game will improve. I don't know. But it did trigger the biggest news I think everyone's kind of been waiting for and anticipating the past few weeks is Deshaun Watson has officially asked for a trade after that announcement was made. And he said, you know, I'm out. I don't want any part of a passing game that looks like the Ravens passing game. <laughs> I don't want to be Lamar, basically. Yeah. So that is going to be very interesting. Now, given the Goff-Stafford trade that just went through, which is like an NBA-style trade, I think all eyes are on mm-hmm. what happens with Deshaun Watson because mm-hmm. um, Stafford's great, oh. right? Stafford is proven, but he's... Deshaun Watson, top 10, arguably top five, mm-hmm. you know, one of the top five TVs right now, and he's young. Oh. He's, he's fresh in his career. This is... This is a franchise guy. So, like, you think about, like, what the Lions got for Stafford. Like, imagine what you would have to give to get Deshaun Watson. Like, that's just insane to me. I don't even understand. 
just trading one of your best players for him. So, like, if the 49ers want him, maybe they have to trade that Bosa guy, send him to Texas, where he'd probably be more happy because they're all Republican there. So, anyways, <laughs> um, so it has to be that kind of, like, swap, right? Like, a, yeah. a, a proven first-round pick that's young and upcoming. Plus, there were... There were rumors um, after the Stafford trade that, you know, the Texans were saying that they want at least two first round picks, two second round picks, and two defensive starters in return for Watson, which is just insane. It's like half a team. Like, what? It's doable. I mean, nailing a quarterback in the NFL is so hard to have a guy of that caliber. I would, yeah, you have to sell your soul. If it's out there, go for it. Go for it because um I mean most teams only have like one or two great quarterbacks in their fifty or fifty five years of existence or whatever, so it's once one name is out there you go grab him go uh, go aggressive don't kick a field goal go for it right yeah I feel like there's a lot of teams that you can either talk them into or they can talk themselves into they're like we are one quarterback we are one franchise quarterback away from being playoff contenders, you know, they're, they, the I think, yeah, there's a lot of teams like that, but at the same time, you think about what you have to give for Watson. Um, so you're trading off the, you're doing a trade off, you're trading off your feature, right. For the now. So it's like, wherever Watson lands, like that team, if, you know, something happens, they hit salary cap, players go into free agency and then they end up having to rebuild they're going to lose all those opportunities to pick so it's like they could turn into a bad team really easily so i think that's kind of interesting <laughs> that's true. okay maybe you, yeah you talked me out of it i don't know um, just so but i don't know there's we have a big game this weekend but you know this offseason is going to be so interesting because there's going to be a huge shuffle of quarterbacks there's a shuffling of head coaches mm -hmm. and just coaches in general like again i keep saying like this reminds you of like an nba offseason just like there's so much activity happening uh one thing i forgot to mention was that it was reported that the rams did inquire about aaron Rodgers, and the packers did say that they do not intend on trading Rodgers, um <laughs> which is why they kind of turned their attention over to over to stafford but you know, there's a lot of rumors swirling out there. Um, a couple I heard this morning, one Bears are officially parting with Trubisky. What? Um, after the season was one that I heard this morning, and he's already got a interest um, from the Broncos, I think. Oh, the, my God. The Broncos. I don't remember if it was Pats and Broncos or Broncos and Jets. But Pats, um, Matt Stafford did specifically request mm -hmm. out of all the teams that inquired for him, Stafford said, I will not go to the Patriots. <laughs> Refuse. Yeah, I read that. That was so funny. Is it because of <laughs> Patricia? Because he's back and they just, I don't know. It's just funny. But um trying to think what else. There were talks about obviously the Niners. There's been a lot of buzz on what's gonna go happen at the QB position. You know, guys on the team vouching for Garoppolo saying that. You know, we can win the Super Bowl with Garoppolo, which I do think we can, but Garoppolo's issue is that he can't stay healthy. So it's like, even if you have, you know, a grade A quarterback, if he only starts like half, less than half your season, like, then do you really have, 
a grade eight quarterback, you have a second string starter at most mm -hmm. of the season. So that's kind of the trade off that, you know, there's been talks about Shanahan wanting to reunite with some of the guys that he's really liked in the past. Um, Matt, Matty Ice, Whoa. potentially um, Kirk Cousins cool. has Kirk. been talked about. Um, I know a lot of people are adamant against <laughs> Cousins. Um, some people really? have even thrown Sam Darnold's name out in there, which I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. um, so we'll see. A lot of a lot of shuffling going on. Um, I'm sad we missed the the Stafford um, predictions, but we'll definitely have a lot on our hands for the rest of the offseason to talk about speculations on who's going to go where. You were close, though. You were close. The Niners were inquiring hard, very hard on him. That's what I heard or read somewhere. So the Rams just have just had to snatch him off before. So you were into something. You're always into something. Uh, your Vivian is our, our resident psychic for football. <laughs> All right. So today we have a special, very special guest star with us, all the way from North Carolina. Uh, one of our best art directors out there, uh, working the war with Facebook and just nailing a lot of cool designs out there. But then turns out she also has this special skill, which I've called it the Bachelor Whisper. <laughs> She's nailing it right now in our league first place every day she shows up with so many points so we have holy layton with us how are you holy hi i'm good thanks for yeah. having me i'm excited for you to finally show up we've been craving to have your presence here <laughs> um so yeah you're in first place uh last night you i think you did 170 points uh if that were fantasy football that would have been like top score and so uh, so yeah you're you're a huge fan of the bachelor i can tell right well, what's, that's what's the your story thing. the funny thing is i really didn't get into it until colton's season and i think i know it's really lame but the reason i got into it was because he was a virgin and it was like this thing what? that blew up and i think yeah he was like the first bachelor that was a, a virgin um and I had never been into reality TV, but my husband and I had been watching Survivor for the first time the year before that season. So it was like, oh, shit. like we love reality TV um, and um, let's try it. So, and once I got him on board, then we just started watching it. <laughs> oh yeah, your husband is a huge, you guys like yeah, I fighting mean, it over. He doesn't help me with my batch brack, but. Yeah, right. No, he doesn't. <laughs> um, I've tried to convince him to join in on the fun, but he won't. He doesn't. He says he's not that interested in it. But then you see him come behind the couch while I'm watching it and be like, "Oh, is so and so getting like together with so and so?" And he's actually really invested, whether he wants to admit it or not. Have you been watching every season since Colton's season? Yes, like both Bachelor, Bachelorette, and then Paradise. Yes. Yeah. Whoa. Even the spin-offs. Even the spin-offs. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're in quarantine now, so there's not much else to do. But uh, yeah, I've watched um, all of the girl seasons, and yeah, what? Who was the last? Who was the last Bachelorette? Why can't I remember that? Oh, Tasia and Claire. Yes. 
just watch that. Just watch that. It's pretty awful. <laughs> yeah. What's been your favorite season so far? I went back and watched some old seasons. That's how committed I am. Wow. You even <laughs> do a rewatch. Yeah, I went, I went all the way back to season like one. Oh, Chris Harrison was so young, so young. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think my favorite season has been JoJo's season. Oh Joel yes, yeah. I don't know why. I just felt like it was it was pretty predictable in the way that she had feelings for Jordan Rogers, but she didn't let it interfere with the game like Claire did. Um, so it was like kind of, it made you feel like you could actually sense connections and like trust your gut on things. And then, you know, see that maybe there is such a thing as love at first sight. And now I watch them and they seem like they're really happy together. And I think that's the biggest thing is once you finish season and you see that they're really happy together, that's, Maybe that's another reason why I like it because there's so many reality TV series where people fall, quote unquote, fall in love or like are trying to find love. And then you look back and it's like, none of them are together. None of them are together. <laughs> it's like, why am I even watching this? So, oh. you know. Yeah, there's that uh, Mary at first sign, right? They do that. And then, uh, and then. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I, I know that one. So, yeah, they never, they always get it wrong. Um, do you think, so my, so I don't even know who Colton is. I'm new to this. Uh, I got pulled into it because uh, we're just that bored in this quarantine time. Well, myself. But then, anyways, I've been learning through this last few weeks about The Bachelor. And mm -hmm. um, but don't you feel it's all? Is it all act? Isn't it? A, you think it's all scripted? Um. Yes and no. I have lots of theories on that because. Mm -hmm. Like I said, going back and watching season one before there was social media, there was definitely a much different implication of why people were there. And I think that you kind of see that change as it becomes more popular. The contestants seem to get younger and so much involvement with you're not here for the right reasons because of Instagram or whatever crap. Mm -hmm. um, but you do, you do find people saying the same, the same thing of trust the process. It actually works. I wasn't a believer, but now I am. And I always kind of question if, if that is something that people just say because they have to, or they've seen it on past bachelors, but I kind of want to believe like, oh no, when you do go there, you kind of change your mind a little bit. There's gotta be something to do with the, isolation and the bubble that you're in because you don't have the outside world so you're completely like almost brainwashed by the system but especially this season i know a lot of stuff has been coming out about how they're not treating people right and how it's all an act and the producers have complete control over who stays and who goes and i think there's got to be some truth to that for sure yeah, there's definitely like a level of like producer manipulation because at the end of the day, they're trying to they're trying to create a TV show, right? It's like right. when we design a product for clients, like we have an end goal here, and it is to entertain the public. Um, you guys should look into the TV show. I think it's on Hulu now called Unreal. 
but it is based off of Tell All from a former Bachelor producer. Really? It's like a norm. It's like a normal TV show. It's like a scripted TV show, but it's like behind the scenes of like the making of a Bachelor esque type show, and they it showcases like how like diabolical the producers can be, like how they create these heightened emotions for the contestants to get them to respond in a way that makes for good TV. But you should definitely look into it. It's really entertaining. Yeah, I would I would love to to see yeah. that. I, I've also listened to um, I can't remember her last name, but Becca from Ari season. She and her boyfriend do a podcast and they've jumped into the same kind of like behind the scenes about it too. Mm -hmm. um, I think that this kind of stuff is being exposed a lot more because of Victoria. Mm -hmm. That's exactly, she's like a wrench. <laughs> Who in their right mind would keep Victoria, right? And is she just an actress or are there really girls like that? There are girls like that, that's for sure. But, uh, <laughs> but why would for a man to like keep her there? I mean, I would have kicked her out right away. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, ugh, this is gross. So. So maybe they maybe they have some like scripted characters, you know, that they have to keep there to like you know uh, bring up the drama and. Yeah, um, I mean, I could definitely see, like you said, Vivian, just agitating, like poking, prodding, and and just like dropping the mic and walking away, kind of, kind of stuff. Um, I mean, you see them all, like especially last night's episode. You know, Victoria ran off and was just venting to the producers. I mean, they're with them. 24-7 too. And they're developing these relationships with these people. So they have control over what they like, oh no, you need to like, you should go and fight for your feelings. You should go there in there and talk to them. You should say this, you know, like they definitely have a, a huge amount of control. There's gotta be, there's gotta be. Um, what are your thoughts so far um, on Matt's season? I think he's really boring. <laughs> wow, I like that tape. He's such a dork. Yeah, I mean, I know that's mean, but yeah. I think, I don't know. It's interesting that they pulled somebody who's never been in the franchise on as a Bachelor. Oh, um, I think that adds some level of like, I guess, if you want to call it innocence, maybe unpreparedness, but it just, he doesn't, seem like he knows how like exactly the right things to say. He he doesn't go above and beyond to like make moments for the for the camera or for the every every time he's with a girl, the first thing he does is he like just leans in and kisses her or, you know, just nods his head or something. He doesn't really have a lot to say. And then I don't know about you, but I feel like all the group dates are just awful. They're horrible. <laughs> like why would you take him to a farm to shovel crap? <laughs> But then again, we're in quarantine, so who knows? Maybe that's why. Yeah, I feel like generally the guys they select as The Bachelor are usually kind of bland. And then the, the entertainment factor are the contestants, the girls. But then on The Bachelorette, like The Bachelorette seasons, like The Bachelorettes are usually like a lot more dynamic and they have like a fun personality. And that's how they get the guys to sign up for the show because they're like, oh, she's cool. I want to date her. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Like... Tasha had such a uh, like a like a following. I don't know what you would say. Um, cool. a reputation, I guess it's not like a bad reputation, but yeah. So I mean, I think you're right. And Matt had a big following, and he was very timely and and 
he was injected for the right reasons and you know it was time to have representation but i just i want i i wish they had brought mike in quite honestly who's mike he was in hannah's season <laughs> Hannah Brown. i think that this is like an interesting um topic of discussion too i think one going back to what you were saying about being aware of your image i think matt feels a lot of pressure being the first yeah. black bachelor he's like i have to be careful because i don't want to taint this reputation being yeah. the first black bachelor and then in terms of mike i think mike is too black for the bachelor producers you know he really his blackness and he's been very vocal about you know everything that's going on in the political climate whereas matt you know he's like i don't really know my identity my dad was black but he's like you know i was raised by my mom single mom like you know i'm a good christian boy <laughs> i'm very oh, religious yeah. and that appeals more to the core demographic of this audience which is like you know like middle-aged white women <laughs> middle america <laughs> Yeah, it's like softening their horrible esoteric bubble. Yeah, um, yeah. I can absolutely see that. And I and I can see what you mean about him not being true, like sure of himself and like sure of his identity. And, and that plays a lot into it. And I know he feels a lot of pressure, a ton of pressure because he's no matter what, there's going to be someone who says something because he's either not black enough or he's not white enough or, you know, just I, I feel horrible for him for that sense, but you know, it, it makes me sad to think that that's the way that we have to position it because it should just be about the person. Hey, this is getting very philosophical. I like this discussion. <laughs> we're we're going before my goofiness into social media, how that has affected. Like I'm seeing all these trends that I hadn't considered because this show, yeah, like you said, I was it's 20 years old, and then we're talking about race and everything. Whoa, this got super. Interesting. Yeah, very deep. I hope that's good. <laughs> no, it's yeah, it's perfect. I'm, I'm looking for. We're looking always for like bringing some intellectuality, intellectuality into our podcast. So I like, I like where you're going, Holy. This is perfect, perfect material. Um, any other questions, Vivian, from your end? I don't know. We can talk a little bit more about the fantasy league so this yeah. is holly this is your first time doing any sort of like bracket or like fantasy i'm assuming for bachelor um yeah. what was kind of your strategy going to like the first time we had to make picks and how has that changed um well one of them like part of my strategy was just who i liked and optimism of okay, I really like this person. Hopefully they'll make it to the end. Um, and then the second one is just focusing on the way that they set up the show. Because if they put more attention on one person versus the other, or I mean, to be honest, like the beginning and the end of the show where they kind of set up what's coming in the future, you get more of a feel of who he's going to connect with. Um, so I've been relying a lot on on that and the production of it. 
Yeah, unlike me, I've just been picking the blunts because I think they're just going to mess up and that's been killing me right now. No, <laughs> no offense to you, Holly. I'm just, just this kind of girl. That they... <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the least amount of blondes I've ever seen. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Usually it's all blonde, skinny, white girls. Yeah, I see a lot of variety right now, right? You know, everyone is represented. So mm -hmm. that's kind of cool. I'm just a beginner in this bachelor thing and I'm just winging it, getting to know all this stuff. So. Well, it sounds like, Milton, you need to go back and watch some of the past seasons like Holly has. It's like yeah. watching uh, like watching film, you know, after a game. You gotta look back on the past and pick up a few tips and tricks here and there. I think that's Holly's secret. She's because you get the psychology of the people. What are they going to do? I mean, you've been nailing it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. Not surprised. I'm shocked at how precise your picks have been. So um, that's why I'm calling you the Bachelor Whisperer right now. Um, because you started a little low, but then you start climbing, and you just have monster numbers every week. So I'm like, whoa! I gotta know her secrets. I didn't really under. Quite honestly, I didn't understand how it worked at first. I thought you were hoping for the outcome of whatever girl would make it to the end. Mm -hmm. I'm so much more engaged in the fact that like you can you get points for all of the romantic stuff like kissing and um, saying things like the stereotypical lines they all say like I'm here for Matt and I'm falling in love, you know, oh. things like that. And the, the fact that you can get points taken away for girls being stupid. <laughs> it's like yeah, that's what happened to me. I lost 50 <laughs> points last night for picking douchebags. Yeah. No. <laughs> I thought it was a good thing for them to bring drama. And then I'm like, what? Well, that's love. That's a game of love. <laughs> Poison your heart or, I don't know, heal you. You never know what you're getting, right? Yeah. Exactly. This one is celebrated then all this drama. Um, well, thank you, Holly, for being with us. Thank you, Vivian, for all your insight and amazing stats and Super Bowl week is coming up and I'm just going crazy here. So much things going on in my mind. So uh, see you guys. We are walking out of here like Sarah. Yeah. Calculated. Calculated and the manipulative. Toxic. And I concur. You're all three of those things, Sarah. I just felt like it was a firing squad of mean comments and I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy.